Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Annapolis. You know that young person who graduated college this past spring and is now getting ready to go get that big job? Well, here, guess what? Get over to Leon Tailoring and check out their career services division. They've got lots of good professional attire, reasonably priced for both your young men and young women who are getting off into that world of work. Hey, they graduated, they did all the interviews, now they got the big job coming up, so make sure they look the part. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. That's Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Okay, well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, I'm Matt Ottinger with the Indiana Chamber of Commerce, joined with our president, joined by our president uh, and CEO Kevin Brenniger here. Kevin will uh, run down some of the key legislation, seeing activity for us this week, and then uh, we'll allow you to uh, to ask your questions afterward. To do that, just go ahead and unmute yourself and uh, ask your question. Uh, Kevin, you can take it away. Good morning. Um... I won't say everyone, I'll say good morning, Les, uh, Leslie and Steve. Uh, thanks for joining us. I know it's a busy time for uh, everyone. Today's a big committee day um, all day long in both the House and the Senate. I think the Ways and Means Committee, when you look at their schedule, they may be um, uh, in uh, committee till well into this evening. Um, I'd like to start with um, a very important bill to the chamber and the business community and, and the um, citizenry at large, and that's Senate Bill 155, which has to do with environmental pit permitting, um, passed the the um, House yesterday, um, and I think we'll be headed to the governor soon. This has to do with uh, air permits and making sure that we can keep the control of that whole permitting process here in Indiana with IBM and not have it be taken over by the EPA, which they've done in some other states. So um, that was very important to us. And related to the environment um, is the bill that last week uh, had to do with residential septic systems, but um, took on an amendment um, to uh, regarding wetlands, which has been sort of a controversial topic and uh, is an amendment that we oppose and we're gonna be working to take that out um, later in the process. Um, similarly, there's yesterday amendment on a health care bill um, that attempts to make the self-funded ERISA exempt uh, health care programs by ERISA, that's federal statute. Um, the uh, author of the amendment wants to make those plans uh, contribute to the all-payer claims database, um, but according to ERISA and a U.S. Supreme Court decision, um, they can, the states cannot require uh, self-funded plans to do that. So we've got now an amendment in this bill that is clearly unconstitutional, and uh, we're going to be working to take that out as well. Otherwise, uh, the day that that bill is signed, there's likely to be litigation. Um, we're anxiously awaiting to see what um, the Senate budget looks like we we know that it will be very different uh, than the House budget in several areas, and I'm going to be testifying to the Appropriations Committee tomorrow on uh, four priorities for the chamber. Uh, one being childcare, uh, trying to raise the on my way pre-K uh, income threshold. Also include a, a bill that Senator Kyle Walker has that would provide a tax credit to uh, companies that expand. Uh, Child care capacity, which is so very important to the, our state to get 
more people back into the workforce as we still remain uh, below pre-pandemic levels with respect to uh, workforce participation. Um, we're continuing to work on, on House Bill 1002. Jason Beers from our team is uh, drafting some amendatory language and trying to make that a more workable uh, program with respect to there and possibly even um, consider slowing down uh, the implementation, but making sure that um, the implementation is workable. Um, the uh, data privacy bill, which we and, and some other coalition members have been working with Senator Liz Brown on is um, in the house. We're trying to keep the bill clean. Uh, there's some uh, other organizations that want amendments that we think would make the bill less uh, desirable. Uh, right now, it strikes a very good balance between uh, providing some really new uh, consumer protection, consumer rights over controlling the data that you give to various uh, vendors and also balancing out what are the responsibilities and the opportunities to correct flaws that the businesses would have. Um, I've talked before about three township um, government reform bills. Um, one would allow a pilot program for consolidation in three very small counties in Indiana. Uh, the other would uh, require a referendum to possibly eliminate the 13 remaining township assessors and, and move everything up to the county level where we have much, we found much more consistent assessing than when uh, the uh, when we used to have 1,008 township assessors all trying to interpret the assessment manuals and coming up with different definitions. Uh, and then uh, lastly, I'll talk about the, um, the property tax situation. Uh, one of the members of our lobbying team got their property assessment uh, and Bill, yesterday, uh, the assessment value was up, I think, 13%, and the bill was up 8%. As these bills come out, um, there may be a hue and cry and pressure on the General Assembly to, quote, do something about that uh, and, and offset some of that. It's going to come really late in the process, and um, there's definitely not really anything the General Assembly can do for the pay 2023 um, and there are significant differences between uh, the House and Senate fiscal leaders as to what, if anything, should be done. Um, our big concern is, and we'll be watching to make sure that anything that they come up with doesn't cause a shift in property tax burdens from one class of property to another, particularly from residential uh, to business and because residential assessed valuations have frankly just been growing faster than um, uh, industrial and commercial. And so under the system we're on a market value, it, it makes sense that those uh, assessments and burdens would go up higher. But that's one uh, that we're watching very closely. Uh, and I think I'll stop there. There are other business related bills, but those are the ones uh, most significant to the business community that the chamber is working on and advocating for. Okay, uh, any uh, questions? Oops, sorry. Yes, a quick question. Um, actually, based on the last thing. Can, can you turn your volume up a little? I can barely hear you. Um, one, um, how do you settings? 
I've got it all the way up, so I'll just try and talk okay. louder. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. All right, great. I think I just need to project more. Um, so on property taxes, obviously, as you mentioned, bills are coming out showing big increases. Um, we saw a couple of efforts to, well, to, you know, help that earlier. But um, as you mentioned, what actually might end up happening will probably come later. What do you think the form of that help should take? Well, uh, I think one of the questions is with large increases in assessed valuation, it uh, equates to um, large increases in uh, taxable levies, revenues that local government can collect. And uh, so one of the questions the General Assembly needs to address is um, how much of that increase should they be able to derive um, their advocacy has been all of it. Um, our thought is that there should be some limitation. And that's the approach that Senator, excuse me, Representative Thompson, chair of the Ways and Means Committee, took in the first half of the session with House Bill 1499. Uh, what that bill did was lower the 1% property tax cap from 1% to 0.9%. And um, According to the LSA analysis, that took on average the, the revenue increase that local government would receive from 10% to 6%. Now, 6% is still a pretty healthy, a hefty uh, increase. Um, and he, he chose that route rather than um, shifting burden among the different uh, property tax classes. And, and that's if there's going to be uh, relief provided, and again, this won't take effect till 2024. It doesn't affect this year's bills, or as, as we see, are already going out. Um, but uh, that would be a preferred approach uh, by the chamber because the business community is already paying a higher share of the overall property tax burden than uh, its share of the total assessed valuation statewide. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Kevin, um, have a question. Hey, have a question for you about uh, Senate Bill Eight. Um, not sure if the chamber is tracking that, but I uh, believe it had a hearing in House Insurance last week. Mm -hmm. I think you guys have had uh, stances on um, prescription rebate bills before. Is this something you guys are tracking this year? And if so. What what are your all's thoughts on the bill, and are, do you guys have any concerns about it? Well, we uh, we are tracking it uh, at the moment. We're neutral on it. We got members on both sides, and uh, since the the rebate would go specifically to the employer, um, that's why we we've gone from uh, opposition in the past to uh, to neutral this year, and. Uh, you know, the question is whether or not the General Assembly should be specifying um, where those rebates go and what percentages, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the pharmacy benefit managers have been under fire for several years, both here in Indiana and um, as I talked to my counterparts across the country uh, in other states as well. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, any further questions? Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Leslie, did you have another question? 
yeah I actually have two additional I didn't know if we we're gonna go back and forth or how how we might work this morning well, since we have a small audience you can have as many as you want <laughs> <laughs> okay well you earlier talked about um 10,002 and so one of my colleagues had a question about that she was wondering you know is 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 that the best way to go about preparing young Hoosiers for high demand jobs um you also talked about um how you're you know maybe have some people drafting up amendments see if you can make it more workable what would make it more workable for you guys um well delineating um which of the agencies involved are are responsible for what pieces of it we think that there there's some clarification that could and should happen there um also specifying who these intermediaries are that would um, do some of the career coaching and counseling uh, mm -hmm. and who's eligible uh, to do that and you know, under what circumstances. <clears throat> Those are a couple of the things I know we're working on. And then really trying to address the question, can all, this all just happen sort of boom next, next school year? Um, or uh, is, is there more of a phase-in period or, or some, some pilots uh, going on? So we're discussing that with the legislators too, because if we're gonna you know, make these changes, uh, which overall we think are very positive uh, to get um, more uh, kids having um, credentials even before they leave high school or credits towards a degree or a credential uh, and get them engaged and, and exposed to sort of the world of work in the 21st century so that we have more folks uh, prepared to enter the workforce and be, be productive. Uh, we want that effort to be successful. And um, we're not sure that just saying, okay, boom, you know, as of this day, uh, this is going to be statewide. Now, I know that, um, you know, the folks on the House side, the Representative Goodrich and, and Speaker Houston, um, you know, want to move fast on that, and we do as well, but uh, we're, we're trying to discuss and think through what's the right balance. I see. So focusing on implementation. As well yeah, as in, in particular. Okay. Um, and then if I can just slip in my third question um, really sure. quick. Um, you mentioned I was, it's just out of curiosity why would you guys oppose the wetlands amendment i suppose i would assume that you know it allow builders um and more economic development in that sense well because um wetlands are very important for water quality mm -hmm. and um this bill has the potential to substantially reduce uh the the number and the amount of, of wetlands we have in our state and so mm -hmm. Yes, it, it, it is a conundrum from us <clears throat> in one respect because we know we have a housing shortage and that's um, you know, sort of a drag on, on business growth and economic development. Um, but we think that uh, in this case, um, just redesignating different properties to be or not be wetlands is, is not necessarily the correct approach to take. Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, any further questions?
Okay, with that, we'll uh, go ahead and wrap up today's session. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.